You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Showing it to you here on the screen. Now, this means, as you see, this means that it comes on the heels of a petucha, meaning I, I call these chapters and paragraphs, right? So let, let me give you an example. You know, those of you like Joe, you know exactly what I mean, but I'm, I'm, I just want to illustrate it if, if you don't mind. Okay. So for example, Eila Mishpatim, which was not, which was two weeks ago, the parsha. you can see it starts here in the beginning and you can see these Samachs. The Samachs in the Sefer Torah, there's a space. Stuma, of course, means that the line doesn't go to the end of the line, but there's something that stops it, meaning the beginning of the next Pasuk. Now, so what does the Samach indicate then? So the Samach indicates that this is like a new paragraph in one chapter. So, for example, the chapter is Eva HaMishpatim Asher Tosim Lifneihem. So the chapter begins with Eved Ivri, and that makes sense. But the next paragraph in the chapter makes sense, which is selling your daughter for a maidservant. Okay. The next paragraph, interestingly, is murder. And ir miklat. That's all in the same chapter. We go from Eved, Alma, to murder. Um, after murder, what we have is uh, attacking your parents, right? Follow, and then the next chapter, the Samach, indicating another chapter, Gonev which was kid, which we sometimes call kidnapping. Then the next chapter after that is Makau, uh, so the next paragraph after that, I kept on saying chapter, you know what I meant, paragraph is Makau of the Emo. The next paragraph is fighting and the types of uh, damages that occur when someone fights and hurts someone, um, if someone uh, hurts his Eved, etc. Um, and, uh, and this is where we have all sorts of civil damages. All of that is, as you can see, the pay indicates the end of the chapter. Okay, so a person would have to work hard to figure out why is this all one chapter? Paragraphs I get, but why did the author decide to put them all, God put them all in one chapter? Okay. I don't have an answer for chapter one of Mishpatim, but I do have an answer for chapter two. Chapter two is pretty straightforward, but take a look. Chapter two starts with the animal rights and wrongs. What you need to do about your animals, right? Animals weren't mentioned yet here. Okay, there's so again, you can see someone like Bob or someone like Shamshan for Hirsch or someone else could look at this and or, as you know, the master of this narrative stroll today, I believe, is Rabbi Liebtag, right? Rabbi Liebtag, this is his modus operandi. This is what he wants people to work on, that people should take a look and, 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 and look at things. And and I agree with him. Rabbi Liebtag didn't invent it, although he definitely has popularized it in the last 10 or 15 years. 
Um, if you take a look at chapter two, which is where we start talking about our connections to animals. So take a look at chapter two. So chapter two has um, So here we have um, a, 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 a goring animal that kills a human being. Like, like almost the worst the worst situation possible that your animal kills another human being. Um, and then we have, uh, it gets, if, if the animal has actually been a gorer and perhaps killed before and some reason, for some reason, the animal was out of control, we weren't able to find you. So once again, the shore is, is, is sentenced to a death sentence of Skila which, by the way, the rabbis say means it needs 23 dayonim. It's a very interesting Torah Shabbat Peh on this, that you need 23 judges to actually determine that this shore is a murderer or whatever animal it is. And here, gam balav yumas, there is a misabide shamayim uh, announced for your lack of control of, the, of your animal. And the Torah writes that you have to give kofir, which is a pidyon of your own nefesh. And the question, of course, is what, what is, you pay your own worth, you pay the person who died. So this is, um, this is the, the Torah's introduction to animal control. Now, it, it's, uh, it, we were talking about a large animal, but the tradition tells us it can be any animal that you need to control. And then, of course, you will pay for that. Now, it then speaks about if the person that is killed is a non-Jewish slave. And here, this is one of the places the Torah seems to downgrade the value of human beings. The Torah says you pay 30 shkollim. The shore is stoned with Bezdin, but there is no kofir. There's a 30 shkolim knas, no matter what the price of the person is. Maybe the person is worth more, worth less. So what we have here is animals that kill people. Animals that kill people. Okay. This is followed by controlling things in your own property. And animals that die because you didn't. Because either in your you let animals into your property or you dug a pit in Rishul Sarabim and an animal fell in it. So that is a person's responsibility to another one's animal. So you need to, if it's because of you, the animal died, the Torah says you need to compensate. Okay, sounds like it sort of should be in the same chapter. The next paragraph is about animal damage. Not about animal killing, but animal damage. What is the animal damaging? Another animal. So as we can see, the Torah, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, invents a a 50% payment. That you don't have to pay more than 50% of the value of the animal that you killed. But if it turns out that this animal has been goring others, 
So you need to pay the complete amount. This is the parsha of you are responsible for what your animals do. Even though the animal has a will of its own, you need to control your animals and we will make you pay for them. Okay? Now, the last paragraph in this chapter is the value of what an animal is, how important animals are. So once again, it starts with responsibility, recognizing that animals are part of our lives. Animals are dangerous. We have domesticated them. And in the, mar- in the large part, we don't expect these things to happen. However, they are large, they are powerful, they are dangerous, and you need to control them. The Torah sort of gives a little bit of a scale, but basically the Torah takes this very seriously. Um, to the point, as you can see, that uh, you're responsible for what they do. I don't know if in systems like the Hammurabi Code and other systems, a person was responsible for his animal's damage. Something tells me that this was new. I don't, I can't tell you 100%. My research in the past lends me to believe that the idea that in certain situations, and I'm going to show you a couple of them, a person is totally responsible for the damage their animal does was a chidush of the Torah. That you weren't able to say, look, I, you know, it wasn't me. What, what, what's under, under your umbrella, what's under your control, you need to pay. Now, today it doesn't sound like such a novel point, but you could see that in ancient times, one could have argued that there are circumstances, as you can see by Ashur Tom, the Chiddush that Yerchaya for Ashur Muad, and as we're going to see about Regel and Shane, that Yerchaya completely, that to me is part of the Chiddush HaTorah, that you are responsible for what your animal does. And let me say it better. The Besden process is necessary when we're going to kill the animal or when we're going to impose an extreme fine on you for the death of a person. But where the animal damages, it doesn't need really a Besden process. As soon as the damage occurs, the Torah considers there a debt. It's like you picked this guy's pocket. It's like you went over and damaged this thing. Your animal is you, and even without any Besden process, there is a responsibility to pay. The money is owed. Now, the Torah ends that paragraph, ends that chapter with this paragraph. And that is the value of your animals. That if somebody steals them and slaughters them, that they need to pay an extreme amount, five or four times. So that is this chapter, which I think is about, which I will call animal rights and wrongs. That's this chapter. Now, that's which we would call Perak Chav Aleph. Now, which is, of course, not 
those prokim, of course, are based on Christian, a Christian publishing of how to publish the book. This is this chapter, which is from Pasuk Chavches to Pasuk Lamed Vav, is a Pasuk Lamed Zion. If we go to the next parak, the Christian parak, Chavbet. Okay, so let me just go back here again. Animal rights comes into what? It comes into stealing an animal. And can you kill the person who's trying to steal your animal if he digs into your house? Um, And you can see it's talking about an animal because it says whatever he has, ashore al chamor. Ad said. So this is about how you deal with thieves. If you find them and they sell it, it's four or five times. If you discover them, then and you're at the moment of discovery, you can kill this person. Okay. And that's why in the same chapter, we have this next paragraph, which is about your animal who is destroying property. And again, you have to pay the best. The Torah decided that the same way you have to control your animals, you have to control anything that you were responsible. And that's why the Torah puts in about flame and fire. What's interesting is, is that the Torah puts in the same, this is the anomaly, Bob. The Torah decide, The Torah could have stopped here and said, okay, now we talked about animals. Now it's time. We're going to talk about responsibilities people have to people. Not about killing them and not about enslaving them or putting them in dentured work. Just normal, regular, okay, can you watch this for me? Can I borrow this? The anomaly is this. This should have been, Pasek Yud, should have been a new chapter. Because even though it's true, animals are mentioned in here in Pusik Tess, but they are it's not about animals here, right? Shomrachinam doesn't even mention an animal. Shomrachinam just mentions Kesef Okalim Lishmor. Right? There's no mention of an animal. The animal stuff is mentioned by Shomer Socher, Chamor Oshor And the reason why it makes sense to mention an animal, because what we're going to talk about is terrible accidents that could happen. Death, breaking, that doesn't happen usually by a vase or, uh, you know, a, a, a rare book, um, uh, you know, a stamp collection, Right. So it's animals that you're going to have the type of accident, so to speak, that a Shomer Socher is potter for. So that's where animals are mentioned. Um, and you can see even here in Pasuk Yud Bet, even though it's true, a Shomer Socher includes even being paid to watch a stamp collection, but clearly the standard thing you pay for is an animal watching a person's animal, because that takes labor. And it could be that's the reason why this is part of this chapter. Guarding Bailey, as it's called in English, a Bailey or Shomer, is really all part of 
controlling responsibility, doing what you can to hold on to your animals. It's true, the Shomer Chinam, we go through, there's no animal mentioned, but Shomer Sochar is all about animals, as you can see, right? Im Torof means it was an animal. So that's the way I would explain that anomaly, Bob, is that it's really all about animal, right? Up until the words, Ara Trefel Yishalom, this pay here, that means the chapter is over. The chapter is over. This is a chapter that we would call animal rights and wrong, so to speak. That's this chapter. It includes a Shomer Chinam, but I think only as a way to get to contrast the Shomer Sochar, right? Because that's, that's who you usually pay because on objects that, right? Okay, so this is the first Perrier uh, can uh, made in New Jersey uh, that who knows that for some reason I want to, I want, this means a lot to me. I drank it when I proposed to my wife, whatever it was, I want you to watch it. Generally, I'm not going to pay you for that. Right. What, what, what is it? Okay. I have to go to your house. Okay. Just, just put it on, put it in the refrigerator. Okay. That's fine. An animal, animal is where, was where you pay and animals, who knows what happened to it. Hey, where's that animal? That's the reason why that parsha is there. And it's because of that, you can understand why there's a psucha here. And then we start here about borrowing. Because that's the second anomaly. Why, why isn't this in this chapter? Why is this pay here indicating that this is a brand new chapter? Isn't this really? And look at, in fact, Chazal make a big deal out of this Vav. The Vav connects it. And that's what I said at the end of last week that the din of Shmira Babaylim applies to Shomer Chinam and Shomer Socher as well. But look at the way God wrote it, the way Moshe studied it. Moshe, this is a new chapter. Okay, how does the chapter start, God? It starts with the din of She'ela. And it again, the fact that it says V'nishbar Omet means we're talking about something alive, probably an animal. Why isn't that up here? And look what's the next paragraph in that chapter. What's the next paragraph in the chapter? Somebody seduces a young girl who's not married, sleeps with her, has his way with her. He, he can be forced to take her as a wife and pay money, which could have been the same money you would have paid for a regular courtship. And if if they don't like this seducer, so she still gets money. What's the connection in this chapter? What's the connection between a borrower and a seducer? You borrow, you pay completely. If the owner is somehow connected to you, which we're going to explain according to the Ralbag in a minute, then you don't pay. Next, seducer, you pay. You took her virginity away. She can't get married to a regular guy anymore. She's not a virgin. You have to marry her. Oh, they don't want you. You're still going to pay. And the guy is going to at least get the money that most virgins would get. 
What's the next Pasuk? Every single one of you has heard the King James Version <laughs> translation of this verse. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. I don't know where they got that from exactly. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. But um, anyone who's ever seen any films about the Salem witch trials, okay, uh, maybe it's from the term lo sachaye, which is unusual. But like, don't let her live. Just say kill her, right? That's the reason why whoever, Wycliffe, whoever was involved in writing the King James Bible translates it that way. Because otherwise you would say, most humus. What do you mean, lo sachaye, right? Don't let her be alive. Okay. Because the next boss knows how to say you're dead. Anyone who who decides to to have sexual relations with an animal will be killed. The next paragraph in this strange chapter. If anybody decides he's going to bring an animal sacrifice, sort of animal related in a way, right? Um, you're bringing a sacrifice, right? Then Yochram. Yochram is again a strange term. It means you, you are guilty of death. It's got to be only to God. And then in the very same paragraph, right? The Samach, the very same paragraph, it says, do not oppress the stranger because you were strangers. Don't oppress the widow or the orphan because when you oppress them, they will scream out to me. I will hear them. I will get upset. And I will cause you to die by the sword, and your wives will be orphans, and your children will be Yatomim. So here's the anomaly. What is going on with this chapter? First of all, as I said, why is Sha'ela separated? And what is the connection between Sha'ela and seduction? and witchcraft, and bestiality, and avodazara, right, doing zvicha for avodazara, and it ends with this compassionate stuff about caring for the stranger and for the least of our society. If we assume that this verse of Bailav Mo together with Im Bailav Emo results in and this Vav, the way it's used by the rabbis, to say that even gross negligence, you're off the hook because the owner happened to be painting your house at the time he lent you the object or gave you the object. And that is the way then that is an indicator that there's some higher level of understanding that really is somewhat illogical. So that's illogical mishpat. Or, based on the way we were saying, the sign that following this is about enhancing God's presence among us. Not making us a more logical, reasonable, 
law-abiding people that we can now function with each other, but we can accept this law with its exception as God knowing that this is the way it should be based on some sort of metaphysical principle. Now, if that's true, if that's true, then this is seems to be the most <laughs> the most standard regular aspect of, of of regular legal law. A man has a virgin daughter that he expects to be able to marry off, and somebody seduces her and sleeps with her and ruins your chances, of course. That is almost the opposite. Of, of illogical, right? That would be that would be what any any normal like tribal leader would say, right? A tribal leader would say, okay, no longer virgin. Okay, let him marry her. She don't want him. Call that young rascal here. Okay. You had your way, you had your fun. You should really marry her, but they don't want you. You're going to pay. I don't have any money. Get your daddy to give you some money. The money you were supposed to spend for your wife, you're going to pay her. That sounds, right? <laughs> that, that, I, I can't think of anything more homespun and more logical. I would say it's even more logical than being responsible for what your animals do, right? What your animals do, which is the whole chapter before about animal rights and wrongs, is a chiddush, right? That's a chiddush in the Torah. That you're that that right? this one. I it's almost like okay, right? Um, it, it it almost sounds like it's, it's it sounds like it's this is the type of thing you would expect in the tribe. Like you you can you can see the leaders getting together and saying okay. Now, um, it's followed though by the the, the laws that follow it are really very much like okay like like the t- three laws that follow it are sort of like god saying look i don't want this society getting out of hand no witchcraft no bestiality okay okay look you want animal sacrifices no it's it's, it's not to me okay we're going to kill you for that okay so that's this part and then it's followed by probably what you you wouldn't hear in a tribe at all what you would you would hear it this is really in my mind what the ron meant when he said the elevated laws of the jews which is how dare you push against the weak the one that doesn't have and god actually says god says that the protection of the weakest in society is primary for me because I listen to prayers, but I definitely listen to the prayers of the oppressed. And when I hear that someone's oppressing someone, I will come and and, 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 and answer it and mete out death to, to the people who are doing that. Um, so I'm looking at this, this chapter, it sort of has like, it's sort of like, like it's a, it, it, what you have over here is basically things which don't seem to go together. 
Um, uh, Rabbi Kivalevich? Yes. I, I'm just stuck. If you will, and we'll come back. The Rabag writes the following. Here's the Rabag. Why is it that if the owner is a painter for you, an accountant for you, whatever it is, why is it that you don't have to pay? So here's the Rabag. When you are working for someone, you, the person you're working for is the boss. You're always saying, oh, the boss, what do you think, boss? Good job? What do you think? What do you think? I got the, I got the taxes in, right? Okay. I don't view that way my accountant. But let's say a painter. Let's say a waiter. Um, so lo yitachen, the Rabag says, she yishtabed lo ze oz bishmiras abahema. If I am the guy hiring you, so let's say I'm hiring Joe to be my painter, and then I want to borrow his car. The relationship is Joe is happy that he's getting money from me as a painter. He came to me looking for a job. I'm sort of the guy on a higher level. In a way, he's mishubit to me to come because he wants the money for the paint job. In that situation of relationships, I can't become mishubit to Joe when I take his car or his animal. That's the Raubag. The Raubag is saying you can't, the, a relationship cannot, is not elastic enough to be both. You can't be an Odon and an Evid at the same time. That's extortion. <laughs> well, the point is, is that in order to owe someone, Richard, for the object, it had to be, I needed this object, you'll go with my rules. I gave you everything. Okay? So now you're mishubit to him. You, but the rules are extra, extra contractual. It's extortion. The, the rule, you're going, making up rules that extend beyond the uh, original relationship or agreement. It's, it's abusive. Wait, 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 wait. As we said last week, Richard, if you write in a contract, you have to live according to their rules. What the Torah is saying is normally, the way the Ralbag understands it, you can't be two at one time. Every relationship, is there's a primary sense here. Joe is my worker. And to say Joe is Meshubi to get the job done. We can't layer it now with something new. Right. right. Well, so I don't even now, think Go ahead. What, what does that mean? Now oh, I want his car. Okay, so now I'm Meshubit to him? No. You can't be the, the essence of a relationship is the primary essence of a relationship is that Joe is Meshubit to me. Now, even though I'm, 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 I'm I, normally if, I, if Joe is not working for me then the relationship is I need Joe's car. You need Joe's, I need your car, Joe. Then I'm responsible for anything that happens to it. I'm Meshubit to you. But since you're already Meshubit to me to do this job, 
So therefore, he says, he says, you cannot be both. One is primary and everything else falls away. So the normal rules of, well, okay, Geneva, Aveda, all of that doesn't apply because Shibud, Shibud can only work in one direction. Uh, I, Rabbi, Rabbi go, ahead, go ahead, Bob. I, I'm, there, there are two things that are bothering me. Logic or logic. We either have, look, I don't understand it, but this is the law. And if we keep it, God will somehow be with us. That is, that's the approach of the Ron, that this is a law that cannot be explained. Right? That's, and if you take a look, Achronim, uh, he quotes here, the Chavas Yoyer, Rabbi Chaim Bachrach, he says, Timani Kol Yomai. He was one of the great postkim in Germany, Chaim Yair Bachrach. He says, I've, my whole life, I haven't been able to figure this out. I can't figure it out. He says, he says, and I know the Rambam in Moranavuchim has 14 principles. And everybody who goes after the Rambam tries to, tries to find a logical explanation of things. It says, um, I wish, and I've tried so hard, I can't really wrap my hand around it. Why? You should be off the hook because the guy at the time he borrowed it was your accountant, your painter, was doing some other work for you or had some other previous relationship that he hadn't finished off. Somehow that gets you, you are now putter from paying even for gross negligence. He says, I can't explain it. And therefore he says, he says, Chazal force us into something which is illogical. That is what Chaim Yor Bachrach writes. Now Kivalevich says, I'm not so surprised. Because we've already seen from the Ran two weeks ago that this aspect of mitzvot are not meant to have a just society that functions and that can be, everything is perfect and that everybody gets what they want, but it's actually like the Beis Amikdash in a way, like Karbonos and not eating treif. It's all part, some things in Mishpat are mystical and are, are meant by trying to live according to them, despite the fact that we don't think they make sense, means God is more with us than he would be otherwise. I didn't say that. That's the Ron. And as I said two weeks ago, does any does everybody else buy into that? This is the proof. The Ron's proof was, well, look at look at what look at what the bar for murder is. That's so high it's impossible to really live by that. What I'm doing is suggesting something a little more subtle but proving the same thing. This is illogical. The Ralbag is not in the Chavez Yor's camp. The Ralbag wants everything to be logical. What's his logic again? The logic is that you cannot, a relationship is established originally, you cannot append a relationship. Now, I understand what Richard and, and, and Bob are saying. And I think if you, the Rabag would be sitting here tonight, he'd say, of course you can contract it and do it any way you want. Of course you'd be able to rewrite the story. You'd be allowed to do that. 
But without writing that contract, this would be the law. And the law would be based on the fact that even though Joe gives me the car, Joe is not in a position because he's sort of, and Bob, he doesn't mean he's an Evid. He means that in the relationship, he's, he in a way is at the time I take control of the car, my connection to Joe is Joe works for me. Now, this is not what the Sforno said, which is that, oh, the car is being thrown in because he's so happy he has the, he, he's so happy he has the job that he's willing to give me the car as part of the deal. It's almost like I'm paying for the car, right? It's almost like the same way I'm giving him money to paint, uh, he's throwing the car in, even though I didn't ask him, uh, I, 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 I didn't say that originally, but he's so happy he has the job. That's not what Robag is saying. Robag is saying you can't operate in the Torah's world as one thing and at the same time be something else. Now, Now, Menachem Kasher and his team found a parallel to the Robag in the words of uh, Marie Bruno. We're going to end off here in a couple minutes. Marie Bruno writes, Pshat, the pshat in this pasuk is ki abaylov shel hachefetz b'melachto shol shomer. Okay, so again, Joe is working for me as a as, as a painter. Nimtza bal hachefetz avdo shol shomer. This is really clearly taken from Robag's language. In a way, although he's working for me, in a way he owes me. He agrees. He's not a slave, but the relationship is one of. He's got to do this work. So that is the Marie Brona, Rabbi Stroh of Brona, of in, in Germany, is clearly a a by as, as as obviously has taken from the Ralbag this idea. Now again, it's not really an Eved, but relationships cannot be split. Now, if, if this is true, and I want to go back to what Dr. Kogan said, and I want to end with this. If this is true, if the Rabag's approach is true, again, Richard and Bob, and Bob, you can, if you decide, if Joe says, wait, 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 I know I'm painting your house, but you realize I expect you to take a, I expect you to watch my car. I expect you to get it back. I, I'm going to hold you responsible like a regular show well. That can be uh, uh, an extra legal document could be written that could bind us, even according to Torah law. But absence of that document, I would be able, um, I would, if I got the car in an accident, I wouldn't owe Joe anything. Even if you, it could be shown that I didn't wear seat belts and I was going 95 miles an hour on McCormick, which is Shia, but still. Now, um, let me take it. I just want to do two more things. I want to end. If we go back to the Pusik, maybe now we have an approach if the Ralbag is right. Remember, right? You seduced her. You seduced her. You're older. You seduced Absula. Okay? She's got a father. So she's probably a minor. In that relationship, once again, 
and this goes back to what Dr. Kogan is saying, the relationship is the, the, the seducer is, has the upper hand, the seducer has the responsibility, the seducer needs to pay. Okay? Um, I don't, I, I get what, that seems to be the case by the, the convert and the almana. All of these are relationships which they're not really avodim, but we know the way the power structure is going. The power structure is clearly in favor of one to the point that God needs to make it up if that person cries. Now, is I, I don't have an interpretation about the witchcraft. Uh, again, uh, about the guy who sleeps with the animal, well, we know they both die. Um, but at least we could say that this is about power of relationships and who is on top meaning that one thing is primary so to speak yes <laughs> i again i don't have the witchcraft in there i don't know why that's there um again but i think we could at least explain that other part one last thing we know that there's another law about a shomer and that is called i mentioned it last week now that is, that means misusing it. That means deciding, oh boy. Okay, for example, I'm going to give you an example of Shlichus Yad. An example of Shlichus Yad would be, I give you my Pomeranian to watch. And you know I do have a Pomeranian. Let's say, Richard, you want to impress a girl who lives down your block who and you happen to find out likes Pomeranians. Now, the truth is the Pomer has already been walked. Doesn't need a walk. You decide to take the dog, even when it's already tired, take it off of the uh, couch and walk it down there so the girl will think that you're a dog lover who loves Pomeranians. That's called Shli Chusyat. Okay? Because you are supposed to just be a shomer. You're supposed to feed that dog, give it water. You're not supposed to take it and 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 use it for yourself. Your, your job is to feed it, take it to the backyard, walk it down over here, to walk it down a couple blocks, whatever it is, towards the um, you know, towards the neighbor. So the girl that you want to impress is using it for your own purposes. And it doesn't benefit the dog at all. The dog has already been walked too much. I don't know if you're endangering the dog, but that's called shlichus yad. Another type of shlichus yad would be if you would decide to um, to actually, you picked it up and you thought, I, I'm taking this dog. It's going to be mine, mine, mine. And then you decide, no, I'm giving it back. If you do any of that, now let's say it turns out that after you you go through this crazed act of, oh, I want this dog, this is mine, I'm going to keep this dog. And then what happens? The window breaks and Ganovim come in um, and take it, not with knives or whatever it is, or you, or you put the dog down and you don't latch the door completely, whatever it is, um, or, or, or you don't put in the alarm. 
and, and people come and steal it? Okay, so if you're a Shomer Chinam, normally you'd be Potter, but you just did Shlichus Yad, you're going to be Chayv. Okay? You just did Shlichus Yad, meaning you've, you have severed this relationship between us. Because when a Shomer decides that he's walking the dog to show, to, for his own purposes, or he's going to steal this dog, or he actually does have it somewhere, then there is whatever deal they made originally has been negated and canceled. So now here's the question. How about I give you the dog, but at the time I'm your, uh, at this time I'm your accountant, I'm your painter. Does Bile of Emo create a tour for Shri Chasyad? Right? We know that Bile of Emo goes all the way, according to the rabbis, all the way to Pshia even to the grossest negligence. But does Bail of Emo counterman? And normally Shlichus Yad means you don't have this relationship anymore because you decided to misuse it. Once I decide to misuse it, I'm a thief. If I'm a thief, then I a thief is, has to be responsible for everything. Because if a person under, if a person shows himself off like he's a meek person. Oh, I'll take care of your animal. And then he steals it and takes it and does what he, of course he has to pay for anything, even a tornado or Martians or anything that occurs because you're a thief. A thief has to be high for everything. That's the whole idea, right? Otherwise every thief could say, I don't got it. You know, you could steal something and then you could say, well, look, the Martians came and took it. Yeah, but the Marsh took it from you because you stole it. You owe me the money. Shlichus Yad is an act of thievery. So the question now is, is it, it, we know that you can't be mishubin, you can't be an evid, but that doesn't mean you can steal. So shli, this is a question the achronim have. Does shlichus, bail of emo is a, an incredible p'tur, a magical p'tur, but it cannot be a p'tur for, for shlichus yad. Shlichus yad is I'm severing the connection. So it's true. When I gave the thing to Joe, the, when, 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 when I give my car to, I'm sorry, when Joe gives me his car, you could say, okay, <laughs> you know, I don't really have much responsibility. But I can't steal it, right? I can't steal it, right? I can't, I'm not responsible, but I can't necessarily just say, okay, it's mine. No, it's right. As the Sferno says, you have to give it back if it's there. Shlichus Yad is a theft. And as a theft, it severs the connection. No, so, so in that way. It, I think the difference between this, Claire, the Achronim Chav, is dependent on this Machlokas, the Raubag, and the Chavis Yoyer. If you say, like the Chavis Yoyer, it's Xerus Aklosiv. Yay. By Levimo, all the laws don't apply. Even Shlichus Yad. You're Potter. I'm Potter for gross negligence. I'm Potter for holding it up. Do you remember Chaplin uh, in, in The Great Dictator holding up the, the, the globe? It's mine, the world. You hold up the, the dog. Oh, I want this dog for myself. You, know, you didn't really leave your house with it. That's called Shlichus Yad. Shlich, if you hold like the Raubag, then 
wait, <laughs> go like the Raubag, you have severed the relationship. And because of that, you're going to be guilty for Shlichus Yad. Evid, you're right. Evid, you can't be an Evid and Odom at the same time. But if the Evid decides to steal, of course the Evid is responsible. Right? Or the Odom, in this case, decides to steal. The Odom can't steal. But if you hold like the Chavis Yoyer, that this is a mystical law, that this is a law that really is all about, you don't understand it, you don't understand why you're not supposed to eat Chazer. You don't understand many things. So it would apply even for Shlichus Yad. And I think, so I think there's a, a difference in, 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 in understanding it this way. First of all, there's a philosophical difference about what is the purpose of Mishpatim. The second difference is I think it would make enough community here eventually. Because that's, that's really what I just wanted to, to share with you. And as I said, also talk to touch a little bit on those animal rights. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.